Hi, I'm Katie, and welcome to Hey It Gets Better. This is the podcast where I chat to people about the ups and downs of their lives and how they got to where they are now. Life can be pretty tough sometimes. There's no escaping that fact. But at Hey It Gets Better, we're all about talking about the journey. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, hey, it gets better. Hi, Kieran. Welcome to Hey It Gets Better. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks, Katie. Thanks for having me. So if you just want to take a second to introduce yourself to everyone listening. Yeah, for sure. So um, my name's Kieran Lawler. Um, I am a, well, I always go by saying I'm just a marketer. Um, I've got a lot of different interests around marketing. Um, but yeah, you know, at the end of the day, that's my passion. And that's what I love doing. So I am a marketer. Um I I actually uh, heard a few of uh, these podcasts in the past, Katie, and I think I dropped you a line, didn't I, on LinkedIn and just uh, wanted to sort of congratulate you in terms of saying, like, how well um, you, you've done in terms of putting them together and, um, you know, really enjoyed listening to them. And then I was fortunate enough for you to uh, to, to get back to me and say, let's, let's have a chat. So I appreciate you having me, mate. Oh, yeah, of course. I actually remember you. Um, whilst I was in university, I did something called the Digital Marketing Challenge, um, and I went to the agency where you're working, Hallam, and you gave a presentation all about social media. And I just remember you, we had to do like a really cool challenge and everything. So when you reached out to me, I was just flattered. I was like, oh, it's the guy who had done like stuff to do with like, I think you did something like a cheese Easter egg and everything marketing campaign. And I was just super flattered when you reached out to say that you liked the podcast as well. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's really cool. Yeah, I mean, the amount of... I, I remember that that day actually when it was part of the uh, the digital marketing academy, wasn't it? Um, with with the universities. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we would be um be doing that again next year. So looking forward to to how we'll do it next year. I suppose with with everything that's happening. But I think there'll be less uh, chance for the students to come in the office, but more uh, more chance to sort of interact directly on online and stuff, which which would be an interesting dynamic. But it's you know it's always great working with with the universities and things. On, on stuff like that but yeah I've had a few uh, a few sorts of marketing highlights so far I mean I haven't, I've, I haven't been doing marketing for a whole long time from a professional point of view but I've had you know quite a lot of award wins I've had some really quirky products like the I think the cheese advent calendar was was a really cool one which I which I got pushed which I pushed through um yeah I mean there's a story to that but we'll probably cover it a little bit later on um about how I how I got that signed off eventually from people laughing at me the first time I mentioned it to be becoming this <laughs> big massive you know project. So I think your story really is a hey it gets better story. I remember from when we were last speaking, you were talking about how you know you were working when you were sixteen, and you were sort of like I remember saying you worked for Audi and things like that, and now you've come all the way to be promoted to head of marketing at an award-winning marketing agency, Hallam, which is just amazing. So if you'd just like to kind of say, you know, a little briefly how you got to where you are now, because I know there's so much interesting stuff involved. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'll, I'll give you a brief overview and then please uh, please, please ask me any details on, on the, the areas that you find interesting, because to me, it's sort of just, it's just been, been you know, a, a bit of a, a ride for the last maybe 10 15 years or something so I think I actually started working uh, you know I was always one of them kids who were like trying to get jobs somewhere like washing people's cars for like 20p 
you know, to, to, to go down to the corner shop when you've washed like five cars from the day of your pounds and, and, and waste it on sweets and things like that. So, you know, that was always like sort of ingrained in me growing up. And I think I got my first summer job when I was like around 13, 14, like a few days a week just to earn a bit more pocket money. Um, and then I got my first sort of, you class like my first real job um, when I turned 16 in, in retail. Um, and that was sort of like, I think it was like a Saturday job or, you know, a Saturday, Sunday job if I was lucky. Um, you know, f- first time sort of being in front of customers and having to engage with people for, for work and, you know, really enjoyed that. It was in like a, I think it was in like a surfwear brand um, in Liverpool, which um, probably, you know, surf surfing's not that hot in Liverpool, but there was some other <laughs> elements to the, um, to the brand, which are really cool. So, yeah, done that for a little while. And then I... That was whilst I was doing my GCSEs. And I think whilst I was doing my GCSEs, I always had a fondness of um, business studies. I, I had a fondness of how businesses work. Um, I was always sort of asking questions around that. And then um, I decided to carry on doing business studies into A-level where I got my second job, which was also in retail, but it was my first sort of team leader job in retail as well. Um, and then as well as that, was pushing for like MVQs whilst I was doing it. And I think I'd done my first MVQ whilst I was in university and it was a nine month course. I managed to do it in three months just because I was sort of at that point in my life where I just wanted to like soak up as much knowledge as possible. Um, and yeah, went went to university after after doing my levels to study marketing. Um, it was actually a, a question for myself is, do I go and study marketing or do I go and study philosophy? And, you know, one of the things that has been underlying the majority of my decisions in life, especially when it comes to a professional point of view, is which one do I think I'll enjoy more? And whilst I really enjoyed philosophy in terms of the studying aspect, um, there was just something about marketing which which really grabbed my fancy. And, um, you know, I thought if I study marketing, I can at least give it a go at being a marketer. And I, I think I'll really enjoy that. So it's worth a go. So I did that. Um, and then, yeah, at university, as you mentioned, done the placement scheme with Aldi, which was, I probably got that because of all my retail experience, in all honesty. It was a retail graduate scheme, uh, sorry, a retail placement scheme. Um, I remember, like, it was just a bit of a, it was a mad one. It's a great, great company to work for. And the you, you, you earn, like, a lot of money. You've got your own company car, but you're still a student. It's a bit surreal, actually. Um, but the amount of opportunities that were presented to me then to really grow professionally were huge, like running teams of up to 40 people um, some some days and some nights and things like that, uh, you know, working to deadlines, traveling around the Northwest and that kind of thing for, for that job. And then, um, yeah, managed managed to graduate just before I graduated. I, I think, oh no, actually, before before the other job, I remember speaking to you, Katie, like I had three jobs at one point. Whilst I was in That's university. what I was thinking. I remember you saying that you worked like crazy during uni and I was going to like like ask you how you did it. I mean, it must have been so easy. You forgot. <laughs> yeah, so that was my first year. So then my, my first year of university, I was literally working. Um, I was working in, so I had my, like a, I was working on site and I was also having a retail job and also a job in the chippy in the evening and in like a fish and chip store. Um, I was actually talking about the fish and chip store um, today because it's uh, outside. You, you, you'll know this because 
um, where, you, where you've lived up in, up in Nottingham and in London, but it's very hard to find a fish and chip shop in the UK which has English and Chinese fast food, whereas in Liverpool they're all like that. So it was like I was working in like a fish and chip shop as the front and then in the back it was like a Chinese takeaway as well. So it was just an amazing place to, to sort of be, being a bit around sort of, you know, uh, different different foods and all this. And I got me I got free tea every night as well. I worked first. That was amazing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, those three jobs on top of university as well, sort of studying and having to, uh, you know, having to uphold the lifestyle of a proper student and going out every other night and getting drunk and all that kind of stuff as well so um it was busy but I think it was um you know I kind of just I, I like to stay busy um I think that's how I've done it you know it, it was enjoy it was yeah. enjoying the process it was enjoying the jobs that I worked um you know it was it was okay to sort of um you know burn yourself out because I was, I was quite young so I didn't really didn't really have burnout or nothing like that and yeah just sort of kept kept going and then as well as the the retail experience I think you know that that sort of um that sort of grit and, and determination and just being a bit of a grafter also helped me to get that placement because there's a lot of experiences I could lean on outside of my academic studies to then um be more preferable in in, in jobs like that like that placement yeah, definitely. I think um, that's one of the struggles. I think when you do like get to graduating uni, that stage, the academic stuff really isn't enough anymore to kind of land your, land yourself. You know, those competitive placements mm. or grad schemes or even just like a job. Kind of one of those things that it's like you need the degree, but you also need all the other experience as well, which is like the tough one. Yeah, yeah, and don't get me wrong. Like anyone in university at the moment, like the degree is is the most important. That should be the main priority. It always should be. That's you know that's going to set you in stone to go in the the career path that you want to do. Um, you know the experience in, in terms of maybe the, the 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 job that you work and or the charity work that you do and or anything like that. They're basically um, professional building ex- exercises. I see them as. So yeah, you need a degree because the degree is going to set you on your path to that sort of career. Um, in my case, it was marketing. So the marketing degree obviously opened the doors to marketing graduate schemes for me. Um, but everything else that happens whilst you're at university, you can obviously lean on. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be jobs, you know, to, to lean on that experience. It could be, I remember I'd done a, an internship at a marketing agency when I was in university. It was literally um, three months unpaid. So it was still a job, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a paid job. That, you know, you gain experiences from things like that um, by putting yourself out there. Um, and then, like, you know, just doing, like, jobs here and there. I remember... I don't know. I was working in the. It was like it's called the Echo Arena at the time. It's it's like a big big arena in Liverpool where they do all like big events. Um, and I I worked a boxing night there, and I thought, oh, this would be great. Like I love boxing. I used to box a little bit when I was younger, and you know, I'll basically be working a boxing event, and hopefully, I get to see a bit of boxing. This will be cool. And I just remember the day, and I was so bored working there. Like I think I was like on one of the doors, just like asking people not to take the drinks inside. And I was like, oh, surely there's better things to do than this. You know, some people might enjoy that. I didn't. And, you know, it's one of them reasons why I was like, well, I'm, I'm never coming back here again. I think I actually lost money on that job because I had to pay for, like, my T-shirt and the, all of us. I had to pay for something else as well to get into it. Um, and because of the amount of hours I've done, I think I lost a few quid on that. But I thought, I'm not, I'm not going back because it's too boring. Yeah, I think as well, like, the amount of job like the you know it kind of goes against this idea like once you've got a job 
if you don't enjoy it, you should just stick to it and do it for the money and things like that. Like, I mean, I know that, I mean, I've worked in a job that I did not like and I just stayed in because I needed money. But there's always, there is like other jobs out there and it's kind of like value it, working out what you value really. And, you know, you know, because sometimes you do need money and you're going to have to work a job you really don't like if you really need money. But then if you have, you're fortunate enough to kind of have the time to look elsewhere, then it is worth doing. Yeah. And, you know, um, when I when I decided to 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 move um, to to London, it wasn't a case of sort of okay, I don't like the job I'm working in now. I'm going to quit and I'm going to leave Liverpool and move to London. You know, it was a, it was a thought out plan. Like, you know, it was a job that I really enjoyed when I started. But I think you know, naturally, everyone who spends a long amount of time in in, in any job sort of starts to lose that excitement and. Um, you know, it's it's sort of being able to spot that yourself, and then putting a plan in place to to make you be able to leave. Um, you know, that that the the example I give in the arena was probably an exception because it was the first day that I was doing it, and I knew it wasn't for me. But if you are in that position where you do need the money coming in, and you're sort of not enjoying where you're at in life at the moment, I'm not saying like walk out and never go back, like it would be much more beneficial to you personally. And obviously you make decisions to benefit yourself when it comes to the work that you do is put a plan in place, like put a three month plan in place where you can start working on your CV. You can start putting a few pennies in the bank. So you've got that sort of week or two weeks, uh, grace gap in between, um, you know, start putting in an hour of an evening, sending out CVs to new companies and all that kind of thing. So I don't think I've ever left a job, um, you know, just sort of walked out without thinking about the financial implication of it. Yeah, I think that's really good advice there. Because I mean, at the end of the day, like, I think as much as we all wish, you know, if you don't like a job, you can just walk out the door. You walk out the door and you're hit with the real world, which (laughs) is tough. (laughs) Um, But having a plan in place, and like you said, taking the time to formulate a plan, and even just taking evenings to do stuff is really good advice, I think. Yeah, and, and sort of speak to people as well. I mean, not necessarily people who, who you work with, that mightn't be the best idea, <laughs> but, um, you know, speak to your friends and speak to, to, to your family and just ask ask them for, for advice, ask the older people for advice. I, I really leaned on my, my uncle growing up from a professional point of view. Um, you know, he, he finished university um, about 15 years before me and he was already well into his professional career and he'd always be someone who had who I'd give a call, um, not, not regularly, but just every time I needed to sort of explain what was going through my, my mind from a professional point of view and, and sort of is the next step the right step. And, um, you know, you can find someone like that who's who's around you within your support network. Like you're going to benefit from from basically just having honest conversations with them um, and allowing them to challenge you as well to put things into perspective. Um you know, it's not all, um, you know, rainbows and sunshine. When you quit, you 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 got to have that plan in place. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was that definitely to take that into account. I think um, you, you mentioned earlier about the the travel element as well. And oh yeah, um, definitely want to hear about um the traveling. <laughs> yeah, I think traveling for, for for me is it's something which I'll never stop doing. Um, I, you know, a lot of people. Um, they are before university, after university, they'll take like a gap year and they'll do like a full year of traveling to go and learn themselves and and, and, and all that. And that's great, but it, it wasn't really for me in all honesty. So um, I decided to travel for around three three to four weeks after 
um, after I finished university. Um, and that was basically just a bit of a blowout, get away, get into Europe. I think I hit, I hit four countries within, within the first 10 days. Um, just basically just, you know, a bit, bit of a rapid fire trip around Europe because I didn't really fancy doing a full, a full year somewhere. But when I, when I was traveling, I think it was the, where was I? I was in Czech Republic in Prague. Um, and I got offered a job by the, the hostel where I was staying. Um, and I was like, how, how mad's that? Like, you know, I've, I've literally just just left the UK less than a week ago, and now I've been off the job in a place that I've never been to before, and it kind of opened my eyes to there's there's more out there than than just sort of being in Liverpool as well. So don't get me wrong, I, I love Liverpool to bits, and I'll definitely end up there when you know when when I'm older. When I'm older, I'm probably quite old now. Compared to, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? In the future, I'll definitely end up back in Liverpool. That's that's where my heart is. But um, you know, it sort of opened my eyes to think well. Maybe there is like another city or another place that I could go and work for a little while. Um, so yeah, when I got back from my, my, my traveling, if you like, it's probably more of just like a long holiday. Some people call it, but I had me, I had me backpack and everything. I was training it for a different country, so it felt a bit travelly. Um, yeah, I, I literally started applying to graduate schemes um, to every uh, to the big cities in the UK in terms of the the, the capital cities, so your London, Cardiff, Edinburgh. Um, Belfast, Dublin. I, I started applying to, to all the capital cities because I thought, well, you know, as, as, as much as the people in the hostel were lovely, I don't want to. I don't want to work in a hostel. I don't think I'd, I'd enjoy it. But what I want to know, I will enjoy is, is doing, um, is doing social media. So I basically applied to every single social media graduate scheme I could find, um, every single digital, every single marketing graduate scheme which had that element of social um, in it as well. And then I was fortunately enough to 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 land a graduate scheme in, in London. Um and that was the first time I left Liverpool was to to move to London for the for, it was I think it was it was a social media graduate scheme, but within about six months or within six to twelve months I was doing a brand management position there. So um with digital on the side if you like. Um, but it started as social. So that's cool. Yeah, I think that's really good how sort of like you like you kind of got the confidence to leave your own town. I feel like when I left uni, it was so weird, kind of like, because I'm from London, I lived in London my whole life, and I was like, wow, there's, you like, you leave to go uni, and that's like the first time really, I think, in your life where you're like, um, there's other towns and things like that, and cities that are really amazing. Yeah. Um, And like, I can imagine doing that, like, on a whole nother level with Europe must be like, just amazing. Yeah, I mean, if you, you know, if you, when, when all this, this, uh, this, this lockdown coronavirus pandemic thing um sort of eases up and, and people feel are comfortable sort of traveling around again i definitely recommend people um you know who are, who have been studying for a long enough uh, time period and have got that sort of flexibility to um sort of say no to the um to the sort of resort sort of strip holidays every now and again you know a lot of people a lot of the youngsters in, in the UK now, they'll go to Ibiza or Michael Luffer. And don't get me wrong, I've been to Ibiza loads of times. I've done the strip holidays, the um, the sun holidays and stuff. But um, yeah, the, the, just just sort of backpacking through different countries, um, it's a total different experience. And I think you meet a lot more people on your journey as well by doing that um, from, from different parts of the world, from different cities. And yeah, it just sort of, you learn a little bit more about uh, what's what's possible. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And so, like, how was it when you kind of, like, went to London and you moved to London then? How did you find that 
coming like from Liverpool and not having left Liverpool before, really? <laughs> it, was, it was a bit mad, actually. Um, <laughs> I'd, I'd obviously left Liverpool quite a lot, but never to live anywhere else. And Yeah. <laughs> I, I moved to London to live by myself. I didn't know anyone there. I didn't, you know, know the people I was going to be working with, know the people I was going to be living with. It was all new to me. It was a, it was a bit of a, a leap into the unknown. Um, but no, it was, it was really fun, actually. And I, I you know, I made it up that I've done it. Um, but yeah, you know, sort of getting the train down there and then getting on a bus in London and then realising after an hour of sitting on the bus that maybe the bus is not the best use of public transport in, in London and you've got to get to the <laughs> underground everywhere. And people call the underground different to the overground when they're both just the train and getting used to all that kind of stuff as well. Um, no, it's and, the tube. Sorry, the tube. <laughs> the tube. The tube. Yeah. <laughs> this is my inner Londoner like coming out now. Like, the, they're not trains. It's the tube. Yeah, yeah. Or I'm just used to a bus or a train. Um. So yeah, you know, there's lots. There's lots of things to learn about living in. You know, I always say to people like when they say, "What's London like to live there?" It's it, it's more than a city to me. It's like a city of cities. It's so big, and you know, I don't think I truly appreciated the size of other cities um, until until I moved to London. Um, and then you're sort of in the middle of it and you're an hour away from 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 everyone else you know it's it's, it's crazy but no it's great and I really enjoyed it I, you know it was hard don't get me wrong it's hard sometimes because my family and my support system weren't there um my my girlfriend at the time in Liverpool she was doing her PhD fortunately now she's my fiance um but yeah so it was like you know how do we have a have this long-term relationship um for the first time in, in our lives as well and how do we make that work and um yeah making sure that that sort of we we spent or i spent sort of energy on on quality time in, in terms of relationships in terms of friendships to make sure i didn't lose them um and yeah but i definitely recommend doing it at the end of the day as well if you plan it properly and it's not for you then you can always go you can always go back home like I said I'll go back to Liverpool one day it's not like I'm moving away forever yeah I think that's really true and you know it is interesting as well to hear about how you sort of managed to like maintain like a really good like it must have been a really good relationship because she's your fiance now congratulations I know I know she should um, be my wife but this the uh let's <laughs> put it back <laughs> Yeah, how did you find sort of doing that long distance? Because did you do it for like three years or was it longer? Yeah, about two and a half years I was in London for. Okay. Um, so yeah, it was what it was. It was meant to be hard, and on the face of it, it's hard. And looking back, like yeah, I think to myself, like, oh my god, like how did it go? Sort of at some points, I think it was like six weeks without seeing each other. Um, but. You know, if you love each other, you kind of just make it work. And that probably sounds really cheesy now I've said it. Um, but it's true at the end of the day. You know, we, we, we do love each other and we, we know that we want to be together. And I think we both push each other professionally as well. And we push each other to achieve our goals, which is really important for, for the relationship. Um, so she was pushing me to start my graduate scheme, to get my foot into the market and um, sort of world. And she, you know, she knew that she knew that's what I wanted to do. At the same time, I was pushing her to, to stay in Liverpool and finish her PhD to um, to do what she wants to do. Um, so we were at a point in our lives where we were just so busy with, with sort of trying to grow professionally 
uh, and achieve like sort of quite quite goal sort of our goals quite quickly after university to get us into a position where that when we do link back up um you know we're, we're happy and we can enjoy what we do and fortunately um you know we're living together now in nottingham um i remember i got the call from her when i was in london and she was like i'm i've got i've been offered a job um by one of the universities in nottingham and i was like oh brilliant so i'll move to nottingham with you then um straight away didn't even have to think about it and uh and then yeah so liverpool to london to nottingham and you know growing up i'd never think that i'd I'd be in London or Nottingham, so it just shows you sort of how you end up in places when you do start moving or you, you are open to moving around. Yeah, definitely, like, it does sound like it's something where you can still as well have your ties to your home. Um, Like, I think that would be something that I would be really worried about if I moved is, like, losing ties to home. But, you know, you've shown really, like, you know, you can always go back to where you came from and moving gives you new opportunities. Yeah, yeah, it does. It allows you to see different, you know, different... um different things as well and you know different quirks about different uh, cities but yeah I think being having that tied to home is, is super important to keep yourself you know grounded as well um you know I know some people in the past who moved away from university and they didn't come home back to Liverpool and um you kind of think will they ever move back or you know you, you don't really hear of them in, in that sort of circle of friends anymore and stuff whereas um, you know, I've got a really close knit group of friends um, who are all still based in Liverpool, and we'll we'll meet up in different cities around the UK. They'll come visit me in Nottingham. I'll, I'll obviously go home to see family and, and see them when I'm there. Um, this weekend, I'm, we're going to meet in the Peak District to go camping with a few of my friends. So, um, yeah, definitely, sort of, you know, keep, try and keep hold of the the try and keep hold of the people that you love in in your life as, as well. It doesn't mean that you have to lose them. Yeah, I think that's really important. I just like, I just love how you've managed to kind of keep all the good stuff you've had, but still do all the like cool stuff as well. Like I think often there's like this kind of like wrong sort of impression giving that it given to like young people that, you know, it's either this or that, you know, if you leave this or lose that, but you'll gain this. And it's, you know, you kind of can, if you plan, like you said, get the best of both worlds. Yeah, it's 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 definitely you know it's it, it should never be it's this or that um when it when it comes to 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 what you enjoy and what and what you like doing and, and who you like spending time with and things like that I think um what you've got to ask yourself as as a person is where do I need to spend my time and energy um you know obviously time's infinite but we we it's not infinite for us we only have so many hours in a day and we only have so many days in, in a week and all that so. You know where where can we spend our time and energy? And I think, um, you know, picking up the the, the phone to to stay in touch with people is, is really important. So, I will regularly have even just like a twenty thirty minute chat with with friends back home. You know, once every other week just to check in on them. Um, and for for me, that half an hour chat is where I'm deciding to spend my time and energy instead of, I don't know, maybe doing something else like watching television or even socializing with 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 people in, in in the new area where I'm living um so yeah I think you know it can be possible providing that you put the effort in yeah I think I really like how you explain it like that sort of you know it's kind of like you put in the energy to get what you enjoy and like it's just really well you've explained it so well and like very eloquently because I don't think it's very like it's something like when you grow up and like I found this as well like as you get older your friends will spread out a lot more yeah yeah and you know there's been 
hundreds, thousands of people who I've known over time where I thought to myself, like, okay, I, I, I think I'll be friends with these people when I'm older. And it doesn't necessarily turn out that way because it's a two-way thing. Like you, you can put time and energy into friendships and, and they might not put the, the time and energy in back or you, or you don't feel that they're putting back or, or whatever that might be as well. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's, you're in charge of, of who, who your friends aren't you? You know, you're in charge of the people who you spend time with. Um, you're in charge of what you do with your own time. So um, as long as you're prioritizing it in terms of making sure that you, you're doing it with the right people, then, then it should be, it should work out, I hope. Yeah, I think that's definitely like good advice. And like, obviously you will always kind of have the other side, you know, like you said, it is a two-way street, but that's kind of also part of growing up. It's not the best, like, you know, I don't want to paint an image that's all going to be like rainbows and sunshine. You'll stay friends with everyone you meet forever. Yeah. Because I know like, you know, that doesn't happen either, but it's kind of, you know, using your time and energy to control what you can control. Definitely. And it's, it's also like thinking about it, like the quality of that friendship as well. Like, um, you know, the, there's different people who you meet along your journey in life who you'd still class as friends, even if you see them 20 years later and you'd still say hello and give them a hug or whatever that might be. But they might not be a friend that you call every other week to have a chat with or a catch up with. Um, so you know, there's, there's different levels of friendship for sure. Um, I think, you know, the, where we started on this point was is to make sure that the people who really add value to your life and the people you really enjoy spending time with is, is they're the ones that you keep close. And for me, we, you know, we, we've mentioned friends quite a lot, but that's, that's the same for family for me as well. There's, there's um, you know, I come from a massive family and um, it's really important that I stay family focused as well and sort of, um, I know when when we all went into lockdown, like I, you know, just phoning like my uncle who I hadn't spoke to in two months because I, I hadn't had a chance to see him and just saying like, "You okay?" You know, as simple as that. You know, and, and then little things like that, um, because it's it's important to me that I stay close to those sort of people. That's really good stuff there. And so I just like um, want to ask, kind of, you've mentioned like a few challenges along the way, but what have sort of been the main challenges to getting yourself to where you are now? That's a good question, actually, mate. I think um, oh, one of the main challenges, in all honesty, um, I think just the, the determination to keep going and keep exploring different new opportunities. Um, I find a lot of people, from what I can see anyway, is that they will they'll land a job or they'll land a home or they'll land a, an area and they will sort of be happy to a certain degree where they are and they'll get like a set like a, a level of routine in the life where it just becomes normal to the same thing we can reach out where that, that and that's fine for some people if that's what you like doing then and, and you find enjoyment from that then keep doing it I think for me for me though is I like change I like to do different things I like to take on new opportunities I like to visit new places um so, you know, the constant challenge for me is, is finding new things to do and, and, and keeping that sort of motivation to, to want to do new things as well. Yeah, I can imagine, like, um, how did you find, like, lockdown then? Because that is, like, the complete opposite, really, isn't it? <laughs> You're just stuck in the same place. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people have asked me this uh, because they were concerned for me. You know, the first um, the first couple of weeks, I was literally bouncing off the walls, mate. I was going mad. I was like, oh, this is going to be so hard. Um, and you know, one of the things which I actually did have to do was implement some sort of routine in my life to to make sure that that I was that I was good. So, 
um you know started doing you know the, the regular exercise started i started spending more time in the kitchen um with, with, with my fiance sort of cooking with her as well which is very nice um and, and sort of just like trying to find different things to do at home um so i still had the same mindset where i want to do new things and i want to do different things um it was just sort of having to be a little bit more creative about what those things were i suppose yeah and i think that's also like a really good skill to have to be able to be creative about the new things you do because I mean, sometimes you're constrained not just by like a lock, like a lockdown across the whole country, but by your budget maybe or like your time. And it's sort of like, you know, being creative to come up with new things to do, depending on your circumstances, is actually like a really good skill to have. So you're not getting like bored or complacent, really. Yeah. And, you know, especially when you talk about like, you know, being happy with, with the new stuff you try as well. And, you know, I always think to, I always look at like my, 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 my little cousin or my little godson and stuff and just see like the genuine joy in their eyes when they're doing something so so simple for the first time um and it's like one of my teachers said to me um when I was in school and I'll, I'll always remember this he said be childlike but not childish and what I always think of that is try and find enjoyment from new things um you know do things try new things all that kind of stuff just don't be silly, you know, don't be, don't be, don't be stupid while you're doing it as well, I suppose. But yeah, be, be childlike, not childish is something that he said, which, which always sort of resonated with me when I'm, when I'm sort of eager to try something new for the first time, I suppose. I love that. And it's like, it just reminds me of something I posted it on the Hey It Gets Better Instagram account, um, like last week, and it was sort of like, what is a real adult? And everyone was answering things like, oh, I've got a flat, I've married now, and I still don't feel like an adult. Yeah. Or like, you know, I have a full-time job, but I don't feel like an adult. And it's sort of like this idea of adulthood is like some sort of monotonous, boring thing that you do. It's just like, it doesn't exist. It's sort of like the myth of the real adult, I think. Yeah, it's like, what's the word adulting? Like this adulting is hard. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, I, I think when that sort of hits as well as, I seen a meme on online and it said something along the lines of when I was 15 I I thought that all these 30 year olds had the had the had the sort of had the plan and had it all together and then you sort of turn you sort of turn 30 and you think no <laughs> not, not a chance like and then now you're looking at all the 45 year olds thinking maybe they've got it together and then when you get to 45 it's probably not the same either but um yeah I mean you know if, if there should never be pressure on people to um, think, oh, I need to get, I need to do something because there, there is a lot of pressure on people, isn't there? And maybe not so much in the UK yeah. anymore, but there's a, there's a ton of pressure on, on, on people around the world to, to be like an adult at a certain age and go and get that job or get that, get that, um, you know, get on the property ladder or get married, have kids, all these things, um, you know, and, and, and at a certain time, at a certain pace as well. I think what I've found is usually when, you know, with the groups of friends that I've had growing up and there's been many different groups and um, a, a group, it'll happen at the same time to a group. So, you know, they'll start to get like engaged and get houses around the same time as each other because they've got that close friendship. And maybe there's a bit of pressure from that friendship group to do it as well. Whereas other groups that I know, you know, they're still traveling the world. But they're 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 sort of a group and community together as well. So there's a pressure on them to probably not do it. So I think it's just identifying those pressures and, and where those pressures are coming from and just telling yourself at the end of the day, this is my life. I'm gonna choose how to live it. 
I'll buy a house when I'm ready to buy a house. I'll have kids when I'm ready to have kids, those, those sort of things. Yeah, I think that's really true. Like you don't really think as well about kind of the things you see your friends doing as like a pressure on you until you actually like sit really and think about it. I mean, I'm dreading the moment that I feel like in like three years time, my timeline is just going to be like people buying houses, getting engaged. And I'm like, no, I'm not ready to see all of that. I'm still like a kid, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I think for, for me, it's fine. It's to um, appreciate that's happening to them and, and sort of, you know, enjoy that with them. Um, my my uncle, who's a year younger than me, has just bought his first house. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still renting in Nottingham because... Um, I don't want to buy a house yet. I quite like I quite like renting, believe it or not. Um, yeah. So for me, this works. Um, for him though, he wants to buy a house, and and some people would probably look at that and go, "Oh, someone in my family who's younger than me has already got on the property ladder." For me, it's total opposite. I'm like, "Well done!" Like if that's what you want to do, and and you're happy to to live in that house in that road for the next ten, fifteen years, and that's great. <laughs> you know, um, fair, fair play to you. Yeah, I guess as well, like everyone sort of wants different things in life. And, you know, sort of like it's got to be like, you know, hopefully if you do it to other people as well, people aren't going to do it to you. Because I know like everyone loves to give their opinion on things like I do want to buy a house. But I always get everyone like, why you want to buy Why do you want to buy a house? If you rent, rent is better. And it's, you know, it's, these things are quite personal as well. Yeah. So it's about like knowing what you want. And, you know, if someone else wants something differently, you know, don't like knock them down because of it. Just like you said, like celebrate it with them, really. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And don't feel the pressure to do it. You know, if you know what you, I think it's understanding what you want from it. So um, for, for myself, I, I like where I live. I would like to live in a different area of Nottingham to see what that's like as well. So that'll probably be the, my, my next accommodation. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't fancy buying a house in Nottingham right now because ultimately I don't really know enough about the city to choose where I want to where I want to live. Um, you know, whereas people back home in Liverpool, they know the city; they've been there all their life. They 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 know the the roads or the neighbourhood that they want to they want to settle in. So. Um, you know, I think you know trying to get onto trying to get onto a point about rambling is basically don't sort of feel peer pressured into making rash decisions either about these big commitments. Um, you know, buying a house, buying a car, all these sort of things. The the big finance big financial decisions that you've got to make that you know nowadays. Um, people you know uh, who are getting a mortgage for the first time, you're probably looking at like thirty years plus of paying that back. So definitely don't make yeah. it, definitely don't make it a rash decision. Like you know. Be, be be cemented in that decision and, and be comfortable with it 100% before, before making it. Definitely don't feel peer pressure into doing anything like that. I think, you know, when you say like peer pressure, I always think back to like primary school and like learning like what peer pressure is. <laughs> and it seems like such, you know, one of those things you think, oh, it's like a kid thing. Don't be peer pressured into doing this. But actually, like when you're an adult, it's still like is a factor in like life and something you need to be aware of. Yeah, and I think maybe it's like a subconscious factor a lot of the time as well, mate. Like, because you see your friends doing this or you see people in your family around the same age doing these things, you think, oh, God, have I got to do it? And I think it's almost like a subconscious peer pressure that unless you really take a step back and, and reevaluate it, you, you might not even spot that it is a peer pressure around you. 
Definitely. And I think as well with social media and things, you know, like Instagram and well, that is social media, but you see what people want you to see as well. So you're not actually getting the full picture. So it might look great that, you know, your mate has bought their first house, but you've not seen the mortgage they've signed up to or the help they got maybe from their mum and dad and things like that because everyone's situation is different and you don't get the full picture on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. So that's really important as well. This is starting to sound like an anti-mortgage podcast. Like, don't, don't, don't feel the need to buy. Um, but no, no, I, I think you're, you're totally right <laughs> in terms of um, what people put on Instagram and on, on social um, you know they want they want to they want to show the best photos. They want to show the best life. At the end of the day, um, every time people get a like on social media, they get an endorphin rush. Um, so they want to get as many likes as they possibly can as well. Um, you know, but again, it's it's for me, it's celebrate it. You know, if if someone wants to show you this lovely new picture of their house, then you know they they probably want to show you it for a reason. So you know, celebrate it with them. Um, don't, but don't feel pressured that you need to be, be acting like that. And I certainly don't compare yourself from an age point of view, I'd say. You know, a lot of people mm-hmm. I've grown up with being like, oh, I need to get married by this age. I need to get a house by this age and stuff like that. Like, why? Like, what, what age really got to do with it at the end of the day? Like, definitely prepare for your future and prepare for your retirement, you know, pensions, savings, all that kind of stuff. Yes, do that. that that's common sense. But, you know, don't set targets on, um, no, I should. I, well, don't set someone else's target. Basically, of, of trying to keep up with anyone, because um, what's well, not to say that in the in the next twelve months you're going to get a much better job, um, which allows you to get a better mortgage, which allows you to get a better house than you would have had in the first place. You know, there's lots of things that come into it. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I know it did sound a bit anti-mortgage there, um, but no. no, I think I I feel like such an adult because I checked my credit score last night for the first time ever, <laughs> and I'm just like in the mortgage world now being like okay this is what a mortgage is yeah yeah adulting mate that's what you're doing you're an adult i know <laughs> i felt really weird i like it literally takes like two seconds as well just to sign up to like experience <laughs> but it, i was like did it and i was like i am an adult yeah yeah now it's that it's like you know different different things for different people isn't it i mean i don't get it wrong i feel i feel very much like like an adult now um but you know, there's like I said, there's still things that I want to try. There's still things that I want to do, um, and I'll bloody I'll make sure I, I do them as well before um, before I decide to properly settle down. I think it's that difference, isn't it, between being an adult and, and settling down as well, and clearly understanding the difference between that. Yeah, definitely. It's like it's just like a lot more complex than like one day you wake up and you're an adult, and the other day, all the other days you're not. It's just yeah. like it's definitely more complex. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, you'll probably think you're an adult before everyone else around you thinks you're an adult. (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely something I think I've learned living, moving back home with my mum and dad as well from after uni is, you know, like I'm working a full time job, but I still need to like tell them where I'm going. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm 28 now. My mum still refers to me and my brother as the kids. So I don't think that'll ever change. Um, so yeah, I know this has been like a great chat and I just want to kind of give you a chance now at the end to really kind of give you sort of like, what is your like one piece of advice that you would give to someone who right now they just feel like they're down in a slump and, you know, life isn't going their way. What would you say to that person? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the, the big thing to remember is that there is other people out there who are 
we're probably going to be in 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 a similar situation have a similar sort of uh, mental state to you right now in terms of you know it's not great um at the end of the day you're in charge of what you do you're in charge of your life no one's going to come and pick you about that slump you're gonna to have to do it yourself you know it's it's, it's on you um you know it's on you to to go and put a plan in place to speak to the right people um it's on you to put that time and energy into getting out of that slump and, and making your life better you know making your life more enjoyable um because no one else will do it for you thank you for listening to today's episode i hope you found it helpful i really appreciate all the support i get for hey it gets better it would be amazing if you could subscribe to our channel wherever you listen to your podcast if you want some more content, then you can always follow us on Instagram at Hey It Gets Better. And for more stories of inspiration and resources to help you get through life, visit our website, heyitgetsbetter.com. I hope you have a wonderful week. And remember, hey, it gets better. <laughs>